Welcome to 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and this is episode number 40 of the podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, football is back. The 2020 NFL season kicks off tomorrow when the Dallas Cowboys face off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Niner fans will have to wait until Sunday as the red and gold travel to Detroit, the Motor City, to take on the Lions. Today we're going to preview the 2021 NFL season as a whole. We're also going to preview Sunday's matchup versus the Detroit Lions. And to do that with us today, he's a very special guest. He runs our SF Niners on Twitter and the Instagram accounts. He's an overall great guy and is one of my favorite people in the Niners community. Let's welcome Raj to the show. And before we dive into the 2021 season and week one for the 49ers against the Lions, I want to start by asking you arguably the most important question of today's show. How excited are you the Niners brought back their best player and future Hall of Famer, Dante Johnson? <laughs> oh, man, that's a good question. Nine lives, or as actually I was on Instagram uh, live doing my show about 40 minutes before I hopped on here. And, you know, my thing is I call him Nine Lives because he's like a cat and he always comes back. He always finds a way back. Tonight, the new nickname is Hotline Bling because he's waiting by his phone <laughs> and he knows when that Hotline Bling He's going to get the call from John and Kyle to come back on the run. I cannot believe it. This man always just stays with the team. But, I mean, if you, it makes sense. If there's an injury and a pinch, he's been with the team so long, he knows the playbook, might as well bring him back. But, man, oh, man, I knew he would be coming back less than 24 hours after he was cut. <laughs> that just seems like the story of Dante Johnson's career thus far. They signed Josh Norman. You're thinking, okay, who's hurt? Who's the odd man out? Uh, obviously, Dante Johnson, the weakest man on the roster, likely. And then it looks like Emmanuel Mosley's going to be out maybe this week. We might we'll have to wait and see. But Dante Johnson back in the red and gold. Uh, one of those stories you kind of just keep your eye on because at this point it's pretty laughable as to how many times he's been cut and brought back for the team. But before we get into predicting the Niners season, let's dive into, you know, is Nick Bosa going to have a career year? How's Trey Lance going to do? Let's start with some quick over-unders for this season. Over-under number one, Jimmy Garoppolo. Starts 10 games for the 49ers in 2021. That's a tough question because I can see Trey continuing to develop and get some chemistry because they're going to mix him in. You know, the Trey action, they're going to put him into packages, red zone. As he continues to develop and he looks better and better, there's going to be a point where they're going to say, we might as well start him. But I'm going to take the safe route here. Jimmy's the starter. They said it all offseason. I mean, you know, 49ers Twitter had their say. Oh, Trey's going to start week one. A lot of people in the media was saying he's going to start week one and not Jimmy and this and that. They're going to cut him. A lot of rumors this offseason. But Jimmy stood the test of time. He's still starting. I'm going to say, I don't want to say push, but I'm going to say, oh, he'll probably start like 11 games at, at the most. Unless he gets hurt, then I'm, I'm going to lose my bet on the technicality. But I'm, I'm going to say over. Yeah, I think it's tough because, again, the injuries always can kind of be that, that wrench in there and can – Garoppolo has never really been able to seem to stay healthy for a while. I know he had 2019, he had 2017 for a short period of time, but 10 games, that should get you to what? The Colts game? Maybe the Bears game this year? I think it might be a good time for Lance to take over anyways. So I think 10 games is a good place for Garoppolo. Uh, I, if you can start your 10 games and you're what? You're 6-4? and four, you're, you're, you're maybe 7-3? and three, I think you're pretty happy with where he is and kind of where he's gotten you. But let's stick with Garoppolo. Almost had 4,000 passing yards in 2019, around 3,900. Over under 3,500 this season for Jimmy Garoppolo. So if he plays 
and that's tough. It goes with the over-under. If he's going to play at least 10 games, you know, like you said, he had a solid year the, in 2019 when he was in, you know, and, and I think people forget about that. I know the, the injuries and he doesn't do anything special with the arm like Trey and, and, and the athleticism that Trey brings. Like we know we're, we're, we're salivating over his talent, but I think Jimmy, I think if he plays enough games, it can, it can go over, but I'm going to, I'm going to say under just because I'm not a hundred percent sure that he's going to make it through the full season because of the injury. So it's a tough question because I feel like, yes, he'll play probably 11 games. That's a good barometer of where he's going to be. Um, and, and then Trey can come in. Like you said, it's a safe assessment, but I think they're going to run the ball a lot this season. They're not going to have to throw. And then Trey's going to be in there at times. He's going to eat into those statistics there. So I'm going to say under. Yeah, I think even if Garoppolo happened to play all 17 games now this year, I think there's going to be times where maybe he hits, you know, he's only asked to throw the ball, you know, 10 to 20 times a game, 10 to 15 times a game. I think the safe bet to me is around 3,200. Uh, if he's playing 12, 11 games this year, I think it's a good benchmark for him. Again, the the schedule's pretty easy. I would say it's a last-place schedule. Um, they, don't, they don't have to play defenses like Chicago and Indianapolis till later on in the year, around Week 10, Week 11. But they got some kind of they – they have a cakewalk the first couple weeks. You know, you got Detroit and Philadelphia, and Green Bay's defense really isn't that great, although improved somewhat a little bit. Then you have Seattle at home. I think there is some leeway there for him to maybe pop off early and kind of slow down later. Uh, but let's go to Trey Lance. He's the one everyone wants to talk about. He is the you know the number three overall pick. Uh, he's he's my type of guy. I'm sure he's your type of guy too, Raj. But let's start at the rushing touchdowns. Not passing, but rushing. Likely going to be in those rushing attack uh, plays more so early when he does play against Detroit, against Philadelphia. Four and a half for Trey Lance's rushing touchdowns. Four and a half? Oh, I'm going to say over. I think you're right. Initially, when they're bringing him in, I think they're going to try to get him to develop the passing game because he does need the live reps. He needs to throw. And as we saw in the preseason, Kyle was letting him throw a lot more than run. But I don't think he wanted to unleash his legs just yet in preseason. We don't want to give too many people film. And now it's unpredictable. Nobody knows how Trey's going to be in this offense. And I think initially, you're right. I think they're going to throw him in packages where he's going to run the ball. There's going to be option plays. There's going to be misdirection. There's going to be Debo. There's going to be, you know, Mostert lining up in the backfield with him. You got Brandon Ayuk. It's going to be a very uh, challenging offense for defenses to game plan for. And I think in the red zone, it's going to be very uh, a fun offense to see because now there's going to be so many options. Is Trey going to throw? Is he going to run? Okay, is Debo going to come out of the backfield? It's going to be very exotic. And I think he can at least have five touchdowns on the ground. I think one player that will benefit from Trey Lance, and I do think Trey Lance, in my opinion, should have at least seven rushing touchdowns this year. The passing game will come along with it, but I do think in the red zone he's going to he's going to be successful in those red zone packages that Shanahan makes for him. But one player that will benefit from having Trey Lance is George Kittle to me. The vertical offense they're going to be able to run, and Kittle... Will he will he get over that five-touchdown marker he seems to be stuck at? Never had more than five TDs in a season. The over-under for Kittle stuck at five touchdowns right now. So that, I'm so glad you brought that up because I wanted to touch base on that. I Honestly, I've been saying this a lot, that I feel this is a big touchdown year for Kittle. I think this is the year where he takes that leap, and a lot of it is because of Lance, because he's going to use the arm. He's going to use him over the middle. He's going to be able to stretch the field because we've seen what Kittle can do as a downfield threat. I know people see him as the yak monster, you know, the yak king, 
where he, he gets a short pass and then he, you know, a little dump off and then he takes it for 12 yards, throws the defender off his, you know, arm. The Saints play for a beautiful example. But he's much more than that. He's such a well-rounded tight end. And his route running is just something that we don't take advantage of. I think this is a year where we see at least 10 touchdowns from George Kittle. I'm calling it now. This is going to be his big money touchdown season. And I think because of the red zone, too, that's going to, I think, improve with Trey Lance in there. I think they're going to utilize Kittle a lot in the red zone. And I think that's just going to up, up his uh, touchdown value. I agree with you there, big time, Raj. And I see you wearing the residency hat. Uh, our our resident IR always hurt player happens to be Jalen Hurd. News came out today that he wasn't feeling too good after the Raider game. Gave him a couple days off. Monday comes along, still isn't feeling well. And Shanahan said he might have to shut him down for a little bit. Could be a candidate for the IR for week one, maybe week two, week three, for how long it might take. Might not even make the week one roster after surviving roster cuts. Total catches for Jalen Hurd this year. I have him the over-under at 25. I don't know how they're going to utilize him. I don't even know if he's going to see the field in 2021, but the catches total, the over-under 25 for me. That's a good question. And actually, I talked about this a lot over the last couple months on my show. And it's tough. It's, it's a polarizing topic because we know as Niner fans, he's like a cult figure in, in, Niner, uh, in the Niner world among fans. Everybody's seen what Jalen can do in the potential of that preseason game against Dallas. We know he has something. He came back against the Raiders last week, and, you know, he was rusty, obviously. Um, but he, he has so much potential. Kyle wouldn't keep him around if he didn't have anything. But the injuries, man, it's just taking up his, his body. I don't know if his body's just not able to recover. Well, I've seen this from a lot of players on this team. Jason Barrett, Jimmy Ward, they've battled injuries through their career. It took them a long time to get where they're physically able to perform on the team. So I don't know if he's going to be able to play either. I honestly am going to go under on that. I just can't see him being able to string together several games in a row. He's going to, like last week, he came back, hasn't played in two years. He's sore. So now they're like, we got to step him down. How many times is he going to even play the game? Our prediction on our show a couple weeks ago is, he might not even play about – he might not play more than four games. In four games, he's not going to be your primary target or your third target. So 25 catches to me is a big number for him to aim for. Yeah, I think with Jalen Hurd, at least to me it was, we're not sure this guy is going to pass through waivers if we cut him. Let's keep him. We know he's not feeling too great. Let's stash him on IR for a little bit. If we have to do it a few times this year on short-term IR, we can at least do that and maybe salvage again – three, four, maybe five games, especially down the stretch when injuries do occur. They can at least have maybe Hurd play a game, maybe fill a role for a game or two. I think 25 catches, it's a lot. He's probably going to be used in maybe that, you know, quasi-Debo Samuel, do some end around, kind of run the ball for you a little bit like we saw against Las Vegas in the preseason game. He did lack that explosion I want to see out of him. Did look kind of slow, but again, his first game back, I think 25 catches might be a little too high depending on how they're going to use him. Another player coming back from injury this year, at least to me, I think is the most important 49er for this defense. I have his uh, his alternate red jersey in my room right now, and that's Nick Bosa. His career high in sacks was nine in his rookie season. Nick Bosa over under nine and a half sacks in 2021. We are all excited to see the Bear. Hunting season is upon us. Hibernation is over on Sunday, my man, and I'm excited. Honestly, he actually should have had 10 sacks True. in his rookie season, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to technicality. I know the, the Baker Mayfield, whatever. It wasn't a complete sack, whatever. I'm going over, way over. This man might get three sacks on his game back. He's coming in hungry, a whole year away from the game. 
You know, he misses it. He wants to come in and prove himself. I mean, we've missed him big time on defense, and I think he's going to just come in hungry to prove. We've seen how good he looked on his rehab videos over the offseason. He's tempted us with those. Um, he looked explosive in all the training camp videos that have been posted through all the social media sites. He looks good, man, and I think he's um, going to come back even better. You know, he's the defensive rookie of the year in 2019. And the thing that stood out to me, Trent Williams said he's better and strong. Trent Williams, out of everybody, you know, he's the best left tackle of the game, and this guy trains with them, uh, you know, and he knows what he was in, uh, previously, and now he's seen him now, and he said he's better and stronger. To me, that speaks volumes coming from a guy like Trent. And I think Nick Bosa is going to have at least 15 sacks this season easily. And that D-line is so – I mean, man, that D-line is just so stacked. The talent, DJ, Kevin, you know, Kinlaw, um, you got Kerr, you got so many big guys on that line. I think it's going to make it easier for Bosa to sustain himself. I, I got 15 on it. I don't know if I'd go 15, but I, I, I'm definitely reaching above 10 this year. I'm thinking 11 or 12 might be a good kind of solid pace for him, but – you give me a 10-sack Nick Bosa in this defense, probably going to rank number one in 2021. I don't think any fan uh, would root against that. They're going to be full force. The Bears back, like you said, hunting seasons upon us on Sunday. He's excited. I think he has, what, 2% body fat? Like, he has gotten himself into even more shape. Going to look better, hopefully, at least physically, uh, than he did in 20, uh, 2019. Excuse me. But let's talk about the overall record here. Over-under for the Niners... 10 wins via the athletic. I think they go 11 and 6, 12 and 5. I think they do win the division. Where do you have the Niners in 2021? My ceiling, if everything hits perfectly, if everybody's healthy, all things happen. Because I think you mentioned this earlier, we kind of do have an easy schedule, really. Um, initially, we can get off to a hot start like we did in 2019. I really feel like we can. And this team has so many good players. You know, highest paid players in so many positions. You got Fred Warner, Trent Williams, Kittle, like the talent, Bosa, all these guys. There's so much talent on this roster. A lot of them are, it's a very similar roster to that night, 2019. They're hungry. They have this killer mentality. I think they can win 13 games if everything goes right. So I have it over. But, you know, you're going to get a few games where there's a stinker. You're going to have some injuries. You're going to have some games that you're like, how do we lose that game? So I think, honestly, 10 games is the absolute floor. Uh, I don't think they're going to lose less than – I don't think they're going to win less than 10 games, but I think I have them at most 13-4. and four. That's my record. Yeah, I think Bleacher Report had the Niners at nine wins this year. I said kind of disrespectful to what this team has uh, the makeup of. But I'm looking at the schedule now. Week one against Detroit, pretty much going to be a win. Hopefully should be guaranteed a win. Week two against Philadelphia should be a win. Jalen Hurts against this defense really has no chance. Then you play Green Bay. That's one of those games where healthy, we should we should come in and kind of dismantle the Packers at Levi Stadium. Then you have Seattle, always tough games. Arizona's played us tough the last few years. Indianapolis, that'll be a tough game. The return of the Forest Buckner to Levi Stadium for the first time. We might see Justin Fields week eight. The Cardinals again, the Rams, the Jaguars. We got you like that Kirk Cousins week twelve. Then you have Seattle, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Tennessee, and Houston. I think there's about 11 to 12 games you would pencil in on paper at least as wins for this team. I think the tip of the iceberg to me is a 14-win season, but the lowest again is 10 wins. Again, everything has to go right. Every bounce, every catch, every drop has to go in your favor to win 14 games now, especially with that 17-game season we have, 18 weeks. Talk about a grueling season for San Francisco. But let's talk about the quarterbacks. 
Everybody wants to talk about the quarterback. It's been the talk of the offseason. Well, Trey Star, is it Trey Area? Is it still porn star Jimmy? Is it Jimmy GQ's time? Like, who is going to be the starting quarterback in today? September 8th, on a Wednesday at, what, 1.15 in the afternoon, Pacific Standard Time, Jimmy Garoppolo himself confirmed he's the team's starting quarterback going forward. He said, one ass, he goes, I've known for a while. He's like, I guess it's kind of official now, maybe. Then they were asking him, was it a competition to you? And he pretty much said, not really. So I want to ask you, after a long offseason for Jimmy Garoppolo, the constant trade rumors, a large portion of fans, at least on Twitter, kind of bashing him, kind of trashing him. Of course, Trey Lance behind him, number three overall pick. He's handled it all so well. He's handled it like anybody would ask their veteran quarterback to do so. But 2021 is a huge year for Jimmy Garoppolo. He's likely not going to be in San Francisco next season. And it seems to be kind of his swan song in the Bay Area. And from top to bottom, every single person, Shanahan, Lynch, his teammates are saying, Jimmy Garoppolo looks more dialed in than we have ever seen. What do you expect from Jimmy Garoppolo in 2021? And could this be a career year for the Niners starting quarterback? Jimmy G's coming for blood. And I mean, everything you said is everything I've said. He's handled this whole situation with pure class and professionalism. There's not a lot of guys I think that can handle that. At some point, you know, he, knew, he knows that they're going to, they got a guy to take his job. They're going to replace him eventually. He's not going to be here forever. This is Jimmy G's farewell season. Let's put it that way. And I think he's going to, if as long as he's healthy, he's going to come out, play the best he can. And he's going to silence a lot of these critics because there's a lot of them. And I, I think as long as he can be out there and play the best of his abilities, he could have a career. But again, it depends on, we talked about this earlier, how many games he plays, how much they're going to allow him to throw. Cause Trey's going to be in the mix. I think he has potential to have a just a blockbuster season. If he plays the full season, 100%, he's going to have a career year. Because this is, like you said, an 18-week uh, season. This year is going to be so grueling. Um, it's going to be a tough year. So he's got to be able to get through that. And that's been his, you know, his Achilles is getting through these seasons healthy. But, man, this guy is constant, a consonant professional. You've got to respect everything that he's, you know, had. There were so many rumors. They're going to trade him to New England. They're going to trade him here. They're going to trade him here. They're going to cut him. Oh, my God. Like, every rumor, every week, they're bringing in Matt Stafford. They're getting rid of this guy. Okay, they got Trey Lance. Jimmy's not going to start week one. I guarantee there was, like, every big sporting news page posted who's going to be week one starter. And all along the way, Lynch, Kyle, and even Jimmy all echoed the same thing. Week one starter pretty much is going to be Jimmy. We stand by our guy, much to the chagrin of a lot of people. But today, he came out, and like you said, he says, yeah, I've known all along. They've told them. They've told us. They haven't been playing games. They let it known that, yeah, Jimmy's going to be our starter um, until he's not. And when Trey's ready, he's going to be in there, and he's going to be phenomenal for us because he's set up for success with this team and this roster and this coaching staff. But right now, it's Jimmy's team. And, I mean, I don't think I would have been able to handle that. If I got a young hot shot coming for my job, I'm going to be a little hot and bothered. But, man, the biggest thing that I've seen, Jimmy, is like you said, is everybody in the in the organization has said how this made him better. The competition has bred success, I guess you can say. Joe Staley today um, on, on Tim Kawakami's uh, athletic uh, interview, he basically said, you know, the competition has brought the best out of Jimmy, and I think it's going to continue to push him. And if he plays a full season, yeah, 100%, he's going to have a career year easily. I think one thing that might hinder him from having a career year in the, the statistics category is because Trey's out there. 
Trey might steal a few uh, a few TDs from him in the red zone. Uh, he might not get to have you know a, a four thousand yard season, but I do think what Jimmy can do to have a quote unquote career year, maybe not in the stat column, is limit turnovers and stay efficient. That's the one thing I love about Jimmy Garoppolo. He's so efficient with the football. 68 comp percentage, moves the ball down the field. Maybe not in the explosive way Trey Lance can do it, but he's efficient. First down after first down, runs the ball down the defense's throat, does what he can day in, day out. And when when Garoppolo said, like, yeah, I've known for a while, uh, Shanahan mentioned earlier in his press conference today that he was like, go back and look at uh, my July 27th press conference. And I went back and I looked at it because I, I wanted to know exactly what he said. And Shanahan is someone who kind of talks generally. He doesn't usually say, like, yeah, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy or whatever. Uh, but the quote I found that I think he was alluding to was, when a player is playing better than the person in front of them, that's when they'll start. And I think, and I've been kind of saying this all along, that Garoppolo didn't do anything to lose his job, and Lance didn't do anything or prove enough to win the job. And Garoppolo came in each preseason game. Yeah, he struggled somewhat. The Charger game threw a pick. Maybe not his fault because of the drop. But came out against Kansas City, moved the ball down the field. Came out against the Raiders, moved the ball down the field like a veteran quarterback does. So, do you think that they told Jimmy Garoppolo, hey, look, you're the quarterback. Don't worry about the media. You're our guy until otherwise told. Like, do you think he knew the entire time? I 100% do because there was even – I can't remember which press conference. And, and I went back and looked at some of them too and, or, or listened to them too. And there was a press conference. I can't remember which one because Kyle's had so much over the last couple of years. And they asked him so many times about this situation. And even today he alluded – he says, look, the media, it's kind of like hard-headed that you guys keep coming up and asking these questions when I don't have to say it when I already know. And he's like – he's basically telling you, like, I've been trying to explain it to you, but I don't have to give you the word. But there was a – press conference I can't remember which preseason game it was but he even said he goes there's nothing that Trey has done to leapfrog Jimmy as the starter Jimmy's still the starter at this point and and that was what he said and ever since then I don't think he's changed his tune and I think they really told Jimmy like hey you're gonna be our starter until you're not I know we got the rookie they even said this several months ago after they drafted Trey they say hey look Trey Jimmy's our guy we're gonna stick by him and and even Jimmy alluded to this several months ago he goes they told me this is my job I get to compete for it that, I remember that night after the draft, he goes, yeah, they told me I can uh, compete to be the starter. And I think they told him, like, look, you're our starter for now. I know this is tough news for you, and I know you're going to take it bad. And, and, you know, he had his reaction, I'm sure. But this whole offseason, I'm pretty sure that they told him, hey, you're a guy. Trey, we want to keep developing him and, and bring him along. But just the way that Kyle has handled himself and been so nonchalant and saying, yeah, I don't need to name a guy because I'm pretty sure everybody knows, like, if, if you have common sense, you're going to realize and connect the dots that, yeah, Jay, Jimmy's our guy because there isn't anything that a rookie can do that Jimmy can't right now. I mean, yes, he has the talent. He has the athleticism. He's better with the arm. And, I mean, he has the traits where he can be a next-level superstar. But right now, I don't think he – and Kyle said it. There's nothing that he did to put him over as a starting quarterback. So I believe 100% that he was told throughout this – uh, off season, that he's the starter, and they kept on reassuring him. The whole talk of the town has kind of been since there's two quarterbacks in town now. Jimmy, you're the starter, but we're going to work in Trey Lance. We saw it against the Raiders a lot, uh, a little bit in LA, but again, there's kind of miscommunication of how much the guys are going to play, and the game kind of you know panned out differently than what Shanahan expected to. But against Las Vegas, we saw what they 
could be this two-quarterback system they plan on running. But at halftime of that game, Shanahan said, look, we're just trying out new things, probably not going to be what we do all season. Uh, How do you see this kind of two-quarterback system working out? Is it going to be a full-fledged Garoppolo and Lance sharing uh, drives? Or will it be somewhat of this uh, Lance come in in the red zone, Lance come get us a first down on second and seven, run the ball, maybe you will do a fake and get a read option for a pass here? Because... And the reason why I do like the two-quarterback system to a certain extent, I don't want to see a full-fledged, you know, 50-50 split. I think it's kind of ridiculous to do so. Quarterback's not going to get rhythm to do that, especially Garoppolo, who... Garoppolo is a quarterback that needs to get in rhythm. Garoppolo has one bad drive early, he looks shaky, and you know the game's going to be off. But you get Jimmy, two to three good drives, he starts feeling himself, you know, they call him porn star Jimmy, Jimmy GQ for a reason, he feels himself... The game, against the, England, the game against the England last year was really telling of how he felt. He felt great against the England last year. Wanted to go out there and prove himself. But I do like the two-quarterback system because, one, it gives Lance experience in the offense, allows him to slowly get comfortable with the scheme on the field, and, two, it allows Garoppolo to lead the offense around 80% of the time while Lance kind of gets those X-factor plays and can kind of be that the X-factor for defenses who are like, what's this kid going to do? And kind of keeps the defense on its toes. And I think and everyone wants to compare it to Breeze and Taysom Hill, to Winston Taysom Hill. And even former San Diego Charger fullback Lorenzo Neal said it reminds him of Drew Breeze and Taysom Hill. But I don't know if that's really the best co- uh, co- comparison because I don't think we're ever, like, we've ever seen this type of system before Shanahan wants to implement here in San Francisco. How do you feel about it, Raj? I, I totally agree that Shanahan's a revolutionist. Like he's a guy that has a different mindset than a lot of people. And, and all off season, he's played chess while everybody else is playing checkers. You know, he's always ahead of the game. I think this is going to be so much different than anybody can imagine. I think initially, yes, maybe it might be like a Taysom Hill kind of thing where, you know, he's rotated in on certain packages, like you said, red zone, maybe a few running plays here, but I think as he gets more confident and Kyle has more confidence in him, he's going to get more snaps. And I, I think eventually, yeah, that might ruin Jimmy's rhythm. But it's what Jimmy said, too, uh, several weeks ago. He said, look, whatever's best for this team to win, I'm all for it. So I think they've been kind of working through that in practice. We've seen that, you know, uh, the splits in, in training camp reps. We saw that against the Raiders. They kind of split a lot of, cu- you know, um, uh, snaps during that game, right? So I think they're trying to get things kind of uh, a rhythm with how they're going to switch off. Ultimately, I think it's going to be a game-by-game situation if it – a certain quarterback has a rhythm. You can't let him lose that rhythm. And then if the game kind of gets out of way, maybe you put the other quarterback, kind of get him in there, get him get him some snaps in there. So I think it's going to be dictated by the game, um, the matchups, but also, too, with Trey Lance. The more he starts feeling comfortable and starts developing and getting more comfortable in that offense, it's going to kind of lead him to more snaps. And then it gets to the point when Kyle feels, feels he's ready. Can he read the off, uh, the you know the defense? Can he figure out his reads? Is he going through his progressions. And then it's going to be, say, Kyle being, okay, we need to get this kid more and more and more snaps. Now, this week is going to be a little different than the fo- the pre- the following weeks because he's coming in this week with, you know, the chip finger. So I think that has an impact on how many snaps he's going to see this week. He might be a little limited more than he would be um, on week one than they probably wanted him maybe, depending on how the finger's going. Um, but I think initially maybe 80-20 splits. And then as it gets, you know, going through the season, we're going to see a lot more Trey, maybe close to 70, 30, 60, 40 as he gets more comfortable. But again, it all depends on how Jimmy's doing in the offense. If he starts making mistakes, the media is going to come after Jimmy and they're going to want Trey to be in there. But the biggest thing I've said all along is 
once Trey Lance is in there as your starting quarterback, you don't move away from him and you ride it with him because now the future is is in there. No, I agree with you there because I think once you put Trey in, you can't look back. You have your bench of veteran quarterback who's making $26 million. You have kind of put all your chips on the table and said, I'm all in on Trey. He's ready to go. And Shanahan has said this. You know, He said the team will know it. I'll know it. Like This roster will know when Trey's ready. And now the question becomes, when will Trey Lance be ready? When will he be ready to have the keys of the kingdom handed to him, the keys of the franchise handed to him? And I've been trying to pinpoint where I think Trey Lance might take over as starter. I would not start him week seven against Indianapolis. Uh, you don't you don't want him facing DeForest Buckner on a revenge game. You know whether DeForest Buckner feels bitter at all. I don't think he does. But that's a great defense, Indianapolis. They were top five in the NFL last year. They're a great defense. Likely going to be a playoff team if ones can stay healthy. Maybe the Bears week eight if they want to trade Jimmy. There's a bye week there. They can move off of him, maybe pick up someone on the waiver wire. Maybe Brian Hoyer comes back for all we know. God, I hope not, but maybe we'll see. But I don't know if that makes sense because you're still playing a good defense. Khalil Mack, they have a great defensive line. They're going to get their sacks. Could be Justin Fields versus Trey Lance. I know everybody wants to see it because everyone was saying Fields at three. Some of us were saying, no, it's you know it's Trey area, like Trey to the Bay. But I'm looking at week 11 at the place to start Trey Lance. It's against Jacksonville. He'll be playing against Trevor Lawrence, barring injury. Let's let's hope everyone's healthy this year. Uh, I think that's the best place. Hopefully you're coming off a few tough wins. Maybe Garoppolo has struggled somewhat against those tougher defenses uh, down the stretch of the season. You're past the bye week. Garoppolo starts to tail off a little bit. Then the final stretch of the season... Maybe to push you into first place, here comes that new Ferrari. Here, here comes you know the, the Porsche out of the garage, all clean, all nice. He was playing 80-20 snaps, 7-30, 60-40. Now he's full-fledged, full-throttle, Vin Diesel, all the way down to end the season. I think Trey Lance takes over week 11 in Jacksonville. If he is going to start a game, I do think that is the prime place for him. Man, I, I just got chills listening to all that, first and foremost, because... I honestly feel like that's probably the best case scenario because you don't want to set this kid up for failure on his first start of the season. You know, let him build that rapport. Let him build, you know, his, his chemistry with everybody. Let him get that confidence. You throw him against the Indianapolis Colts, man, and that's going to be a rough game, big prime time game. You're right. DeForest Buckner revenge game, whether he's bitter or not, he's coming for blood and he wants to prove himself like, hey, man, you remember me? I wouldn't start him in that game. Although I feel that it could be around that time, you know, the Indy, Chicago, a lot of people have predicted those games where, you know, oh, my God, this is the prime matchup, Fields and Lance. Honestly, I think it would be best case if they do have Trey come in against the Jaguars game because I don't think they're going to be a great team. I think it's a, a setup for, you know, two rookie. It's another fun rookie showcase game, right? Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, two of the top three quarterbacks taken, and I think it's a, a good setup for him. And, again, you're right. It would give this team a spark towards the end of the season. You get that spark. You start riding momentum. Now teams are like, oh, my God, we got to, we can't game plan for this kid. You know, all the NFC West teams that played us earlier, they're going to have to change the script on their game. And if, I think it can give us the jolt we need to take that jump and then win the NFC West and make it to a big spot in the playoff seating. So I think that would be the smartest route to go. I wouldn't want to play him any earlier because, again, if he starts making mistakes earlier, 
he's going to go through the ups and downs and then people are going to have more film on him. I kind of feel like we should save him a little bit towards that point, get us towards the end of the hump. And then at that point, you'll have a good little chunk of games on him playoff time and he'll have the confidence to get there. So. Well, that's what I'm saying here because, look, the games before the Jacksonville game, Indianapolis, Chicago, two tough defenses. Then you have two division games, Arizona and Los Angeles at home. Then you have Jacksonville. He's got his feet wet against those teams. He's seen what they can do on the defense. He's seen what they can do offensively. But he, let's say he starts against Jacksonville. Then he plays Minnesota at home. Kind of an easier game for him. Then he gets the test in Seattle, Week 13, in primetime, Sunday Night Football, and if he has a tough game, so be it. Then he's playing Cincinnati. Then he's playing Atlanta. Two teams you're expecting to kind of beat, maybe not a cakewalk, but they're not going to be world beaters. They're not going to likely be playoff teams. Then you have Tennessee again. There's his second test. Get his feet wet against possibly an AFC title contender. Who knows how good Tannehill is this year. Then he ends the season against Houston. To me, then he plays the Rams on the road again. He'll have three tests couple cupcake games, get his feet wet, he'll know what he's doing by then, then the playoffs come. We've talked plenty about the quarterbacks. Let's talk about who these quarterbacks are throwing to this year. The receiver room may not be the best. It, it's definitely not a DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. It's not a Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. It's not even a DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green. But can Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk take the ascension this year and make a case for a top receiver duo in the NFL? I, I honestly think they do. Those guys have so much talent, and they're so much different than these other receiver combo duos. You know, they're built different. They're yak guys. They're, they're tailored toward Kyle Shanahan's system, right? And, and the way they play physical, they can line up in the backfield. You can stretch the, you know, the defense with his um, great route running and, and vertical ability. And, you know, the guy's got that catch radius, which is humbly longer than my life. His wingspan is larger than my life. He's got that Megatron kind of wingspan. So those two guys together, I think they have the talent to become one of the top duos. But the biggest thing with them is because of their game style, because of the way Kyle Shanahan runs his offense, injuries are a big uh, a risk for them. You know, they've had the hamstring issues. Both of them are, are hopefully coming in healthy. And I think they can be such a versatile um, wide receiver group. And with Kittle, another guy, people forget about Kittle. I add him to this wide receiver group because he's kind of like a wide receiver. He's kind of like a tight end. He does it all. And I think with him, if he can be healthy and be that guy that everybody knows he can be the best tight end in the league all around with his blocking and everything, he can take so much pressure off everybody. And the Yak Bros, they really didn't get a chance to play last season, uh, you know, together because of all the injuries. It was COVID year. So I feel those three guys together will make each other so much, you know, uh, better through the year. And I feel like because of Kittle, Debo and IU can have huge years. Debo had a great rookie season two years ago. Last season, Ayuk had one of the best rookie seasons in Niner history. So those two guys had back-to-back great rookie seasons. And, and now I think they can both be potentially close to 1,000 yards. I think Ayuk maybe a little bit more because he's more of the vertical threat. He's going to get more of the passing situation type plays where Debo, he gets those end-around plays, you know, the dump-off plays. They both can be great. They have to stay healthy. The one guy that I felt that came in this offseason and just wowed me and – to me, he's going to be our wide receiver three, Trent Sherfield. Textbook Trent, as Mohamed Sanu calls him. I'm so high on this guy. I mean, we got him from Arizona for pretty much nothing, right? We, we got him. He was an offseason signing, and nobody thought anything of it. I honestly thought he was going to be a special teams guy, ace, you know, the gunner, 
maybe that's what he did in Arizona. Larry Fitzgerald's talked so highly of him lately. Mohamed Sanu's talked so highly of him. You see how hard he worked through this offseason to work his way into this roster. I think he's taken that Kendrick Bourne role, and he could be better than Kendrick Bourne awards. And, and a lot of people, you know, they gave KB a lot of discredit, but let's be honest, he was our most reliable receiver for a lot of the times. I know he had a few drops, but overall, he didn't drop a lot. He had a lot of touchdowns for us. He was a third down guy. He was a great blocker. I think Trent Sherfield is going to have better stats than KB. And KB was among our leading receivers for the last several years. So I like Trent, but I think Debo and Ayuk can very well be a top receiving duo. The health is what will limit them. They Both of those guys have to stay healthy. Yeah, I think when it comes to Brandon Ayuk, I always likened him to Derek Mason. Someone who always gets overlooked but as someone who comes out and plays consistent every day, he's physical, he can jump up and he can get the ball, he's not afraid to meet you at the point, and he's also not afraid to run you over when he has to. And I, The Eagles game is in my mind constantly, where he jumps over the defender and you're like, oh, oh my gosh, air you yes, like that is awesome. Uh, and Trent Sherfield, again, when, when a future Hall of Famer like, like Larry Fitzgerald says, hey, you guys got something special here, it makes you wonder why Cliff Kingsbury didn't keep him around. Like, 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 I mean, I'm happy you didn't, like, and we can all think we won a Cliff Kingsbury, but thank you for not keeping Trent Sherfield, because you said he can be better than Kendrick Bourne. I was someone who loved Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, he was, he struggled somewhat earlier in his career, but the last couple of years in San Francisco, you needed the first down, you needed that clutch touchdown. I mean, I'm thinking of that Vikings game in the playoffs, first drive, him and Garoppolo run down the field together, get that touchdown, set the tone in the first playoff game in Levi Stadium's history. Great play. KB's missed by far. I, I do miss him so much, but I think Sherfield adds another element that KB didn't bring. Yes, Sherfield needs to be more consistent, getting those first downs, getting those touchdowns, but he brings the element of vertical offense. He will go get it. This this offense has not had that. He already has chemistry with Lance. And I think as the season builds up, week three, week four, week five, we're gonna see that with Garoppolo too. But you mentioned George Kittle. Let's lump him in here, and we know he's a great blocker. We know he's a great football player all around, arguably the best tight end in football. Some say Travis Kelsey, some say Darren Waller. I'm sure me and you might say George Kittle. But I think when I look at Kittle, I think of his receiving stats, and you mentioned earlier that this is going to be a career year for touchdowns for him, but he's only been targeted over 115 times once in his career, that being 2018 with Nick Mullins. It has a career high of... Uh, five touchdowns, two years. Compared to Travis Kelsey, who I think is the best receiving tight end in football, he's had five or more touchdowns in five of his seven seasons. Been targeted over 115 times in the last five seasons. Do the Niners and Kyle Shanahan, Garoppolo, and Lance need to get the ball into Kittle's hands more consistently in 2021? He can be that. He can have Kelsey's stats. I feel like he can. And we saw it, like you said, the Nick Mullins year where he broke the record. You know, he set the record for receiving yards by a tight end. We've seen what he can do when he gets the ball a lot. And he didn't even need as many receptions to get to that point. So I feel that they need to make him more of a focal point in this offense. Unleash the guy. Unleash the beast. It's George Kittle. I think, honestly, if they give this guy more targets, teams would have to game plan for him more and say, oh, my God, we got to always account for Kittle. And then, like I said, Debo and Ayuk can feast. They can open up the – it'll open up the offense for them, the run game. But I do see how, you know, Kyle Shanahan utilizes him a lot in that running game, and it takes a toll on him. So they do have to take him out and kind of account for that because the other issue on, on 
the flip side of it is George Kittle plays so physical and all that work he does can lead to a breakdown and injuries in his body. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, but I, I definitely do feel like they need to make him a big focal point because there's times where I feel like they don't use him enough. And then there's times where he gets nine receptions. You're like, oh, wow, George Kittle is – this is why he's, you know, mentioned among the best tight ends in the league. So it's 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 tough because you always want him to get the ball, but at the same time you're like, is, is he going to get hurt, you know, things like that because he plays so, so physical. But I honestly think make this guy a big part of the offense and have teams just worry about him, everything else will open up. And I think with Trey in there – it will happen because like we talked about earlier, the vertical game is going to open up. Kittle's going to feast over the middle. The line, No linebacker can guard this guy. Come on. Yeah, I think the Niners have kind of set themselves up for complementary football. Ayuk and Debo feed off each other. Mostert and Sermon feed off each other on the backfield. Garoppolo and Lance can feed off each other at quarterback. Kittle can feed off of all of those guys together. He can block. But I think the one thing with Kittle that's always bothered me and ate at me was final drive with the Super Bowl final play of the game, Sanders throw, he's in the backfield blocking. And it makes you go, why isn't your best receiver going for a catch? Why isn't he going for a first down? Why is your best receiving player blocking? Granted, great blocker, but why? You need him out there to take at least pressure off of Sanders or KB or Debo at the time. So I I think, like you said, I think 2021, if Trey's in there later, maybe earlier than we expect, but I do think... Tight ends are a rookie quarterback's best friend. And I think the safety blanket, if Lance is in there earlier than we expect, is going to be a big one with Kittle out there. I do think, you know, in the next four years, we could be talking about Kittle being not only the best tight end, but arguably the best offensive playmaker in football if the offense is what we all dream of in our mind. But let's move to the defense. We talked about Bosa, talked about D4 a little bit if he's healthy this year. But Demeco Ryan's making his NFL debut as a defensive coordinator on Sunday versus the Lions. Uh, we, we wondered what the motto was going to be this year. Turned out it's going to be Swarm. Special work ethic, relentless mindset. I love that, and I'm going to equate that to Swarming the Quarterback. Demeco Ryans always talks about, we're going to go out and get the quarterback, going to play fast, going to be quick. How can we continue to do that? Uh, this defense wants to be more aggressive again. I was aching it back to 2019 because that was the, the most successful year at Levi Stadium. So can this swarming defense get to the quarterback more than 48 times in 2021? Can they surpass their 2019 total of 48 sacks in 2021? I love it, and I think they can. I, I love the motto. And, you know, first of all, I talked about this earlier today when I was live. I love the motto because this is D'Amico Ryan putting his own stamp on this defense. I, we all love Salah. We all wish him well in New York. But guess what? He's not here anymore. This is D'Amico Ryan's defense. It's his motto. It's, you know, all gas, no breaks. That was amazing. I loved it. But this is the swarm. This is the defense that D'Amico is going to bring. And I'm so excited for this guy. You know, he's worked his way up to ranks. And we all knew when Salah would leave, this would probably be the guy. He got his chance. The players love him. They all vouched for him. And he's going to be aggressive, as we've seen in the de- in the preseason. This team was racking up sacks in the preseason, and they didn't have Bosa out there. They didn't have their big guns out there. I definitely think that they're going to get more than 48 sacks easily, not only because of the pressure up front. He's going to be blitzing more in the linebackers. He's going to be blitzing more from the secondary. Kwan Williams, we know how good of a blitzer this guy is. I think they're going to let this guy loose. If you got Kwan coming out of the backfield blitzing and you have to worry about him, guess what? Nick Bosa is bending around the corner on your lineman, and 
he's coming around too. It's going to be nasty. And that front line with DJ Jones and Kinlaw and everybody up front and Zach Curry, you know, all the guys, I think it's going to be a very, very aggressive defense. And the, the bad thing about D'Amico Ryan's being so good is people are going to want him as, a, as their coach. So we might have to pay him a lot of money to keep him around in a short amount of time. If he does well, if he has a top flight, you know, a top five defense this year, his price will go up and his value will go up. So I definitely feel that this defense is ready for a huge year. And you got to remember the defensive coaches he has, especially, especially Chris Kasurik, man, this guy is a hell of a a coach and he's a great positional coach. And I think those two together are going to make such an aggressive attack on defense. I love, I love the swarm motto. Uh, To me, I was, when I heard that, I was like, that's fun. (laughs) I mean, what do they keep? 10, 11 defensive linemen. Mo Hurst is on the IR. Like, like, like 11. They kept an entire defensive unit of linemen. Like, you talk about aggression. Chris Kosarek, Ryan's yelling during practice. It, it just makes you want to go out there and just yell with them because they bring so much energy. But someone else who brings the energy is going to be coaching the Detroit Lions on Sunday. That's Dan Campbell. Biting knees, biting ankles, Dan Campbell. Taking some kneecaps. Drinking like seven uh, seven cups of coffee a day from the Starbucks. Like seven shots of espresso. I mean, this dude is all gas, no breaks. And I love Dan Campbell simply because of the, the, the content he brings to the NFL. Uh, but let's keep it with the quarterbacks in regards to Dan Campbell because Jared Goss on the other side... We know what Jared Goff can do. But when it comes to the Niners and Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, yes, Lance has the chipped finger, did throw somewhat today during practice, may or may not get to use him on Sunday. I do think there might be maybe running plays only with him on Sunday, probably going to be the best way to deploy his strengths. But is there any concern with someone who says, we're going to bite the kneecaps off players? Is there any concern that maybe that coach is a little... I don't want to say he's telling his players to play too physical, but when he's talking about biting kneecaps, is there any worry that there might be some Greg Roman to him? Yeah, I was thinking that. So I hope he doesn't mean that literally, and I hope he doesn't make his players train dirty. I, I, I don't think he will. I don't want any Nadama Kong to hit you in the nuts type of kind of stuff, <laughs> but or you know, stamp on your nuts or whatever. You never know, but I don't think so. I think he's going to respect our team. You know, he talked about, uh, I, I was watching his uh, press conferences several days ago, and he talked very highly about almost every player on this team. You could tell he's like, oh, man, the Niners team is good. He had a lot of good things to say about Bosa, Debo, you know, Kyle Shanahan. I, I think he's going to respect us. I don't think he's going to come out and do that. If if not, he's going to be in for a lot of crap. And maybe Kyle Shanahan will give him a little backhanded handshake a la Harbaugh Schwartz. We, you never know. Maybe there's a budding rivalry. If, if he pulled up some dirty stuff, he better watch out, but I don't think he will. Um, he better watch out because I think his team, I mean, he's a long way from having a contending team. So, again, they're going to be in for a world of hurt. Um, speaking of Jared Goff, I think that man is shaking in his cleats. Like you said, he knows a lot about the Niners. The Niners have a very strong history of just tearing this man apart. Fred Warner picked six. Javon Kinlaw picked six. Uh, Jimmy Ward had the strips uh, last season, a couple of them on him. I mean, all signs point to the Niners. Oh, uh, Jason Barrett had the interception in the end zone last season on him. The Niners have a good track history against Jared Goff, so they better hope that <laughs> they can keep him upright and, and away from our defense, which is going to be swarming him on Sunday. So 
Nice, nice. I don't know if you're a Giants fan, Raj, but uh, it reminds me, Chris Bryant of the Giants just played the Brewers in baseball, and uh, they were facing Corbin Burns, and he said, when I got traded to San Francisco, I thought I was getting away from this guy. I'm tired of facing him. I think Jared Goff's probably saying the same thing. He's probably telling his wife, you know, honey, like, I, I really don't want to play on Sunday. Like, I, I know what these guys can do. They've done it to me for the last three or four seasons. I don't want to go out there and face this Niners defense on Sunday. Bosa's back. D Ford's back. Ebukam, former teammate, he's going to want to take a shot at me here or there. Not to mention Jones and Givens and Street and Zach Kerr. Like, Fred Warner's coming out for blood. Again, like you said, they're swarming. The spread right now for this game is it's favoring the Niners. The spread is negative 7, so it's under 7. 7.5 for San Francisco via Odd Shark. The predicted score right now via Odd Shark, 31-14. 17-point differential. Uh, and I'm not going to lie. And, and it's it's funny because the last time Garoppolo played the Lions, he struggled somewhat in 2018 before he got hurt against Kansas City. Um, again, I'm, I'm not going to go out and say the score prediction. I'll save that for, for Sunday's pregame. Uh, but is there any worry come Sunday that, you know, it's week one. Obviously, usually week ones favor the defense. Offenses kind of take a while to get going, and I'm not expecting to see Patrick Mahomes and Garoppolo shoes on Sunday, but is there any worry that Garoppolo does struggle early in this game? And fans are kind of like, maybe we utilize Lance a little more to get the offense jolted as the season begins? I mean, there's definitely going to be tons of fans, you already know, and, and people that if Jimmy starts slow, it happens every game, no matter who we play. If anybody starts, though, they're, ah, oh, get them out. Let's let's move along. Because people, there's a lot of people that are impatient. It takes time. And you're right, especially offense. It takes a little bit more for an offense to kind of gel and get moving compared to a defense. But I think this team's going to be firing on both sides of the ball and all cylinders come Sunday. But I do, I do think, based on your question, is there a chance that we can see the fans calling for Jimmy's neck if he struggles 100% because the Lions – they are who we think they are right now. You know, they don't, like I said, they're not world beaters. And if they start struggling against a team that we should handedly beat, there's going to be a lot of people that are upset. So um, I can see it. Yeah. Week one is always that important for Garoppolo, for Lance, for Shanahan, for Demeco Ryan, for even Bruce Campbell or Dan Campbell, excuse me, not the actor, um, uh, for Dan Campbell. Uh, week one's how important they are of the 633 teams that have won season openers. 330 of them went to the playoffs, 204 won division titles. Of the 632 teams that lost openers, only 151 of them went to the playoffs, 86 won division titles. If this Niners team wants to make a deep playoff run, wants to maybe go to the Super Bowl this year, we'll get into that conversation soon, they need to win on Sunday. They have to start the season 1-0. The math and the statistics just say that is the best chance of pursuing a playoff chance is winning on week one. I think we all think they should win week one. Like, the the Lions defense, 32nd in the NFL last year, dead last. 32nd in scoring defense, 30th in pass defense, 28th in rushing defense. They couldn't stop anybody. I understand. Second year Jeff Okuda, Michael Brockers is now there. But they lost some pieces. The Almost the entire receiving core is gone. They're not going to be able to move the football. Yes, DeAndre Swift is healthy, but they're not going to be able to do much, especially with Nick Bosa and D. Ford back for the first time since Week 2 of last season. What are you expecting on Sunday, Raj, for this Niners team going up against possibly one of the worst teams in the NFL? 
Yeah, honestly, I think it's a bloodbath. I mean, like you said, we're expected to dominate these guys. Penny Sewell, we talked about Jared Goff shaking in his cleats. Penny Sewell might be urinating in his pants thinking about Nick Bosa coming back. Like, I would hate to be the guy that has to be the guy that blocks Nick Bosa on his first game back, and that's Penny Sewell. I'm scared for this man. I think that Nick Bosa is going to come and, and just dominate this game. He's so hungry. Like I said, I honestly, if I was Penny Sewell, I'd call coach up say, hey, you know, I think I'm, I got COVID. I, I don't feel, I can't <laughs> suit up for Sunday, man. I can't suit up. But with that being said, I think that's, this team is just going to come out, exert their dominance and blow them out. And you're right. They have to get this win because if you lose a game like this, I know it's a road game and I mean, there might be some bugs here and there but if you lose a road game against a team that you are expected to win and you're supposed to be a playoff team that does not sit well mentally the locker room is going to be pissed it'll be a bad start i expect the niners to come out and just absolutely dominate this game i'm happy you brought up penny sewell uh he's their first round pick this past year and there was talks of him struggling mightily during camp having a hard time adjusting from you know the right to left right to left tackle um one thing I was thinking of was that last year, week one, yes, the Niners lost against Arizona at home. We all know the story, the fires, the air quality, the, the COVID issues going on. But they made it a point to target rookie linebacker Isaiah Simmons over and over and over and over and over again. I think the same thing can be said for Panay Sewell. They see a rookie who has struggled thus far in camp and preseason. They have probably at least a top three defensive unit in the NFL just based on the defensive line alone. And I think if you're looking for maybe, I don't want to say a get-right game, but a get-back game for someone like a D Ford, like a Nick Bosa to rebuild that confidence they had in 2019, I think targeting Panay Sewell over and over and over and just beating him down with great pass rushers, the best technique probably in the NFL with speed rushers like Bosa and like Ford, do you think the Niners are going to just try to eat Sewell alive on Sunday with Bosa and Ford. I really think they should. I think they, they will. That's the game plan. He's a rookie. Welcome to the NFL, buddy boy. You got Nick Bosa and D Ford who are so ready for this combat, especially let's talk D Ford. I didn't even think he was going to make the roster. I thought he'd be on PUP or rehabbing or what. This man's healthy and he's not going to be on a pitch count per Shanahan. Him and Nick Bosa are going to be out there as much as they feel they need him. They're going to be coming relentlessly at this man. And then you got Ebby Cam and everybody else. They're, I think they should try to target this kid as much as they can. And if he's weak in the mind, punish him because this is how you learn in the NFL. I hate to, you know, use him as an example, but guess what? Welcome to the NFL. It's not, you know, an easy day in the park out there. And if you want to learn, if you want to be a good player and you want to be the best, go up against the get best. Your first round pick, Earn your stripes, kid. I mean, I feel like he's going to have a long game. And you're right. He struggled this offseason. So based on that, if I'm Kyle Shanahan and D'Amico Ryans, I'm looking at him and I'm going to just swarm him. So I love to use that swarm word. I'm going to give you the last. <laughs> now, I'm sure we will see each other's multiple Instagram posts with the with the title swarm in there somewhere over the next couple of months. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. Uh, this, this Lions offense Goff, but they just don't have any weapons. Tyrell Williams, TJ Hawkinson, who looks like an upcoming tight end. He looks phenomenal. Although besides that, there's nothing much there. Like they're not even going to really be able to move the ball. Like I'm not saying you're pitching a shutout, but what I'm saying is the Lions don't bring anything to the table that can do much against this Niners defense. So I'm going to predict a Niners win on Sunday. I'm sure you'll do the same, but I might as well just ask you, uh, Niners winning on Sunday, Raj, and, and what do you think the score is going to be? 
So my prediction on this game is going to be like it's 41 to 10. I'm giving them a touchdown to be nice, but <laughs> I don't even think they might score a touchdown. You're right. They do have Hawkinson's, the Iowa boys. Him and Kittle and Hawkinson will have a nice hug. That might be the best moment for Hawkinson on, on Sunday. Other than that, I don't expect much out of them. Maybe a red zone touchdown. Um, I think their running back would get a touchdown if anybody does. Um, you know, he's pretty decent, but um, I mean, he's a pretty good player, but he's coming off an injury, right? Like you talked about. So if anybody gets a touchdown, maybe it's the running back. But man, I think this defense is going to shut them down, hold their dominant. Fred Warner is coming in, and I think he's just going to just go lights out and, and put this team and say, hey, look, we're a million times better than them. Let's go out there and show it. I feel like this is going to be like the game we played against the Panthers a few years ago, and we just had a drubbing of them. I can see a game like that. I think one thing that worries me is the fact that Emmanuel Mosley may not play, and we might have to see a Dante Johnson and Josh Norman who... Uh, Dante Johnson knows the system, Josh Norman's kind of getting used to the system, or you might see uh, Demo Lenore out there, and I think that would kind of be a great game for him to get his confidence, play against a weaker receiver group, against a quarterback who maybe doesn't have the physical skills as you are going to see later in the year with, with the Lawrence, maybe a Fields, and a Stafford. Kind of a game to get his feet wet in the NFL... I'm going to say 34-14, I'll give them two touchdowns simply because of maybe some players being out like Mosley, like maybe you might see some miscommunication between Norman and Vred if he's actually out there. Um, so I'll say 34-14, to but I think the bigger question here is, is, and this is my, my final question for you, Raj, is the 2021 season Super Bowl or bust for the Niners and for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch? I don't know if it's bust. I think they have the potential to make it. I think they have to at least become contenders and make the playoffs because I wouldn't say bust because now you have a franchise quarterback in Trey Lance for the future. So, you know, you got a long future ahead with this kid and, and you know, you, you kind of bought yourself a little bit more leeway if you don't make it to the Super Bowl. Although they do have a great roster that should make the Super Bowl. The talent is there. They have great players, Fred Warner, you know, Kittle and all these guys, they signed some multi-year contract, but there are a lot of players on a one-year contract, right? They brought back just for the fact of let's try to run it back. You know, Kwan Williams, Jason Barrett, they may not be back next season. You know, Raheem Mostert's on the last year. So I don't say it's Super Bowl or bust, but I do think that if Kyle Shanahan doesn't make the playoffs, okay, we need to start having the talk of Kyle Shanahan on the hot seat a little bit because I love Kyle. I'm a big Kyle guy, but he needs to start getting wins because I know the injuries, we've, we've held them, you know, they've, they've kind of limited them. They got to start winning. They got to make the playoffs at the very least. I agree with you there, Raj. I do think this Niners team, not Super Bowl or bust just yet, maybe next year, maybe in a few years, once Lance is ready to go and he has his feet wet and he's the starting quarterback cemented there. Uh, but I do think this year, if you're not in the playoffs, if you're not even in that NFC title game, I do think that seat gets warmer, albeit maybe might be an overreaction to a certain degree. Uh, but Raj, thank you so much for coming on. I know it was last minute. My power was out earlier in the podcast. Thank you for sitting with us. I want to tell everybody to follow you on Instagram, our SF49ers. Great content there. I'm telling you, you are so freaking fast with getting out your posts. It's literally a second later. I'm like, I just read this and it came out a minute ago on Twitter and you already have it posted. And follow you on Twitter, actually, our SF9ers underscore again. You are one of the best people in the Niner community. Thank you so much for coming on. Man, I appreciate you. I appreciate the kind words. I just try my best. I love everybody in the community. You're amazing, too. You do so much good work. I love your graphics, man. I need to get on your level on the graphics, first and foremost. But you do so much, man. And I know you work 
uh, behind the scenes with other people and stuff like that. I love the podcast. So I respect you having me on. And anytime you need me, man, I'm here. I just love to give back to this community and doing everything I can to help everybody get all the information they can with our amazing team. So appreciate you having me on. Man. Again, it was great to have Raj on the podcast today. He was phenomenal. Great content. Love hearing what he has to say. He knows this team like the back of his hand. He cares about this team so, so much. Like it's one of his own kids. But also, and again, please go follow Raj on Instagram. Our SF Niners underscore is the Twitter. Our SF Niners is the Instagram. And before we let you go today, I want to give you my 2021 NFC West predictions going from first to last place. Let's start in the last place here, finishing 8-9 and nine on the season. I have the Arizona Cardinals. To me, this team comes down to when will Cliff Kingsbury get fired? I don't think he has what it takes to be an NFL uh, head coach. He should never have been hired there. I understand he has maybe some offensive prowess, uh, but it's just not working. And what worries me is once they get rid of him and they get a new head coach in there, if they get the right person, maybe an Eric Bieniemy from Kansas City, that's going to be a great offense. Kyler Murray's a good quarterback, needs to stay healthy, has health concerns. But again, they have good receivers, Hopkins, Kirk, if A.J. Green can stay healthy. Uh, they have a good offense. They they are building a defense in Arizona, but I just don't think it's going to be enough. I do think they get worn down towards the end of the year. Last year had a lot of games decided in the last play of the game. A lot of weeks could have gone uh, the opposite way for them. I think the Cardinals finish 8-9. and nine. The Seahawks. How many times a year do we see this team nearly lose in the fourth quarter, go to overtime, and somehow come back and win? I know one of the more notable ones is against the Bucks a few years back, before Brady, when they had Winston. Uh, and another one is, again, that Packers, <laughs> Packers game in the playoffs, where how did they find a way to win? Uh, all the drama that happened there in the offseason between Wilson and Carroll. K.J. Wright is now gone. Bobby Wagner's back, of course he is, but they lost a lot of weapons on defense. That secondary is thin. D.J. Reed is arguably their best cornerback, and I like D.J. Reed a lot. But again, they just don't have the defense, at least in the secondary. I know Jamal Adams is there and Quandre Diggs are still there. Two solid safeties. Granted, Adams is more like a defensive end. But again, I just don't think they have enough. They're going to be good. Going to be in a lot of games late. If you have Russell Wilson, if you have DK Metcalf, if you have Tyler Lockett, if Chris Carson can stay healthy, this team should be... Uh, around that 500 and up mark. I do think this year the luck kind of falls against them. Again, whenever Russ is healthy, Mr. Unlimited, whenever he's healthy, you got to watch out. But I do think the luck starts to fade somewhat in 2021. I have the Seahawks finishing 9-8. and eight. The next two teams, I think everybody predicts them to be the 1-2. and two. Sometimes they have these things flipped. I might be accused of being a homer, but again, I do think the Los Angeles Rams finish in second place, 11-6. I do love Matthew Stafford. I do like Sean McVay, but that defense lost a ton of starters. Ebukam, Brockers, Josh Johnson. Yes, they had Jalen Ramsey, but Troy Hill is now gone. They lost a lot of secondary help and did not replenish it. I do like what Stafford brings. They did lose Cam Akers, though. The running back room is thin. 
in Los Angeles. Daryl Henderson is a solid running back. I don't think he can be that uh, that bell cow and carry the offense for a Sean McVay running game. I think they will add a running back middle of the year, later in the year. I do think they are a team to look out for when it comes to maybe a trade later in the year or adding running backs via free agency to kind of bulk up that room. I would not be surprised if a team like Los Angeles goes after an Adrian Peterson. Heck, they might even bring in a Frank Gore. I'd hate to say it. But the reason why I say that is because I don't think Daryl Henderson, for as good as he is, a solid running back in the NFL, I don't think he can carry this team in a run-heavy scheme. I'm not sure how much success they will have. Peter King said Matthew Stafford can be the first quarterback to throw for 6,000 yards. And oh my gosh, uh, stop. <laughs> like, that is, I don't want to say it's not going to happen, but like, the odds it happens are like 7,000 billion to one. Again, Stafford's a great quarterback. I do think they'll be in the division till the very end. But I have the 2021 San Francisco 49ers edging out the Los Angeles Rams, going 12-5 this year. Again, talk to Raj about this. I do think with the last play schedule, fully healthy again. If everything goes right, I do think this is a division they can win. They have a lot of tough games, but also they have more cupcake games. Cincinnati, Atlanta. Uh, Philadelphia, Detroit, Chicago, uh, the Texans. There's a lot of games they can win easily. And even the tougher games, they could be the betting favorite going against teams like, I don't know, the Colts, the Packers, uh, the Rams. They beat them, <laughs> so it seems like, twice every year. The Cardinals. Again, tough division games, but they should be able to at least split against all those teams. And I wouldn't be surprised if they sweep the Cardinals and sweep uh, the Rams this year. Again, playing in Seattle is always tough. It's going to be a fun season. I do think Raheem Mostert, who we didn't even mention in the entire podcast, Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon, Michael Hasty, Jeff Wilson Jr., they are going to run over every defense they face this year. The running game is going to be so explosive. If Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, if Trey Lance takes over at a certain point, I do think the Niners have done everything thus far the right way with their quarterbacks. They're implementing small plays and small packages for Trey, working him in the offense in hopes he's ready at a certain point this year to take over the offense. The receivers are healthy. Yes, there are concerns, but Trent Shurfield looks like that receiver number three, and if they can get just a little bit out of Jalen Hurd, that receiver room is going to be very good. I wouldn't be surprised if they trade for somebody later down the road, Hopefully that person can fit in the money they're looking for to make this final push, uh, hopefully towards the end of the year for the division and the Super Bowl, maybe. But that defense. I am never, ever, ever going to bet against the San Francisco 49ers defense. I had them in my fantasy league as my defense. There's a reason for it. Again, 11 defensive linemen. Jason Verrett, uh, Noah Hufunga might get starts this year. Probably will. Jimmy Ward is back. Fred Warner, Andre Greenlaw, Aziz Al-Shair. The defense looks like they are ready. And like Ross said, it's hunting season starting Sunday with Nick Bosa. It's hunting season starting Sunday with the entire defense. I am so excited for the 2021 season. Again, Niners 12-5, win the division. Rams 11-6, Seahawks 9-8, Cardinals 8-9. And, and please, if you do not want to miss a thing, I know you don't. 
I know you don't want to miss one thing when it comes to this 49er season, and if you don't want to miss a thing, you are going to need to follow us on social media, Instagram, at 49ers.access, Twitter, 49ers underscore access, everything you need related to the San Francisco 49ers, you can find there, again, Instagram, 49ers.access, Twitter, 49ers underscore access, that'll be linked in the description below, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave a review, my name is Sterling Bennett, and folks, San Francisco 49ers football is back. Weekly podcasts are back. This has been the 49ers Access Podcast. Get ready for Sunday. Good luck on Sunday. Hope you have a wonderful Sunday. Bleed red and gold. And until next time, I hope we're celebrating to win and stay faithful.